Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When we talk about ghosts on Frightful, it's normally a spooky, scary experience where people encounter the supernatural and are petrified. The cases we look at tonight are still scary, but there's a difference In each of the accounts you're about to hear, we will meet people at the mercy of frightening natural circumstances, from tragic car crashes to twisted sex killers lurking in a house. Yet in these cases, the dazzling claim is that the victims were protected by some sort of supernatural force. So brace yourself as the police files meet the world of the paranormal. Because I'm Peter Laws, and tonight on Frightful, we explore accounts where people were saved by a ghost. Our first case was reported by multiple news agencies, and it's a compelling one. It happened on Saturday, March 7th, 2015, about 50 miles south of Salt Lake City in Utah. On that day, a fisherman made a dreadful discovery. He found a car wreck lying half-submerged in Spanish Fork River. It had somehow come off the bridge and rode and and flicked into the water. The car was wrecked, but even worse, it was upturned, so that most of the upside-down windows were now under the ice-cold water. This fisherman immediately alerted police officers who rushed to the scene, And when they saw the red Dodge sedan overturned in this river, they weren't hopeful for the driver or the passengers. They raced into the water, and it was as they were wading towards the battered car that something very peculiar happened. The officers heard a voice, and it was a woman. Help me. We're in here. Now, if you think I'm making this up or that they were mistaken, here's a direct quote from Officer Tyler Beddoes of the Spanish Forks Police Department. He said, We could see a person in the front seat, and then we heard a voice saying, Help me, we're in here. It was as clear as day. Spurred on by this, they threw themselves forward into the icy water and rushed to hook up the car so they could crank it out. They got it to the shore, and river poured out of every seam of the car as they worked to tip it upright. Oh my god. And when they opened the car door, they found two people. One was an 18-month-old girl called Lily Grosbeck. She was barely conscious, but was just about alive. The other person in the car was Jennifer Grosbeck. Lily's mother. Jennifer was dead. And it was clear how she must have died, and it was nightmarish. Since the car was upturned, Jennifer's head had been trapped under the water. 
But since Lily was so small and strapped into her car seat, she had been suspended upside down. She'd narrowly avoided her head going into the torrents of the river, her face only just above the waterline. Lily had been like that for a horrifying 14 hours. The first responders performed CPR and then rushed Lily to hospital, where she finally regained consciousness. The staff were amazed at her recovery. Lily's grandpa told reporters, Her improvement is outstanding. We're blown away by her progress. After the crash, the police and medical examiners were able to piece together what had happened. Jennifer had been visiting her parents in Salem the night before. But as she drove back to Springfield at around 10.30pm, she'd lost control of the car. There were no skid marks on the road, and the car had no mechanical failures, so it's possible that Jennifer just clipped a curb and lost control. But it was the timings of the death that makes this all so mysterious. You see, the medical examiners and investigators concluded that Jennifer had died the night before the car was discovered. In other words, she had been dead in that car for hours, so she couldn't possibly have called out to the police. And yet, the police were adamant there was nobody else there, and none of them spoke those words. Besides, the voice did say, help me, we're in here. Was it the ghost of the dead mother calling out to get help for her baby? From beyond the grave... Was it somehow a psychic projection from the child herself? Who knows, but anybody thinking this was the figment of one police officer's imagination might want to consider Officer Beddoes and what he said to the press. For two nights, I've laid awake trying to figure out exactly what it could be. All I know is it was there. We all heard it. It was extra motivation. Help me. Another startling ghostly road incident happened in Sacramento, California on June the 6th, 1994. Christine Skubish and her three-year-old son, Nick, were driving when Christine fell asleep at the wheel. The car crashed and fell 40 feet into the embankment. She was killed instantly. Her little three-year-old son, Nick, survived. Yet just like Lily, he was barely alive and nobody found the car. Four days later, on June the 10th, a woman from Sacramento called Deborah Hoyt woke up early in the morning. She had no connection with the Scubish family, yet she turned to her husband and told him that she had a bizarre and unexplainable compulsion to leave the house right now. She was so adamant about this that her husband agreed, and they got into the car and just started driving. They were moving along Highway 50 when they spotted something eerie on the side of the road. It was a woman lying on the ground. The couple were so concerned about this lady that they immediately called 911. The police came and investigated the area, but they found nothing. No woman and no evidence of a woman. 
The police moved on from this until they got word on the police grapevine about the disappearance of Christine Skubish. This prompted them to return to the site where the Hoyts insisted they saw this woman in the road. What if that had been Christine, they wondered. When the El Dorado County Deputy Rich Strasser examined this area, he made a surprising discovery. He saw a child's shoe lying in the dirt. Intrigued, he studied the area closely, and he ended up finding the embankment. He looked down, which is precisely where he saw Christine's car smashed and battered. Oh, no. I have a confession to make. I keep doing something stupid that especially annoys my wife. I sign up for some cool subscription service or free trial like Spotify, Netflix, or the horror channel Shudder, and then I forget to cancel it. And it's time to admit to everyone else that we just got another bill for something we didn't expect. Let's be honest, between friends, you do this too, don't you? In fact, over 80% of people start subs that they forget about. Well, you're about to blast off from this idiotic habit with Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It's so simple and so clever. I love how Rocket Money will track your budget in real time and alert you if anything looks off with your spending. Featured in Forbes magazine, Money and the Wall Street Journal, Rocket Money has helped over 3 million people save serious cash. On average, each of them saved up to $720 a year. Ka-ching. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com frightful. That's rocketmoney.com frightful. rocketmoney.com frightful. He and some other officers raced down and desperately opened the car. And they found Christine Skubish lying in there, dead. But despite the biting cold and the elements and starvation of at least four days trapped in a car, little three-year-old Nick Skubish was still breathing. Just. He was rushed to hospital where he made an astonishing recovery. Why on earth did Deborah Hoyt feel the compulsion to get up and drive that morning? And why did they pick that particular road? And more to the point, who was the mysterious woman they saw lying in the dirt who had vanished into thin air? Well, the family of Christine Skubish told reporters that this woman must have been Christine herself. She had somehow reached from beyond death to save the life of her son. Now, so far, we've explored moments where lives have been saved from car crashes in mysterious circumstances. But for our next stories, we find people who are saved supernaturally from murder. If you were to sift through the New York State Historic Archives, you'll find a startling little article on the January 11th, 1908 issue of the Watertown Reunion Paper. The front page is filled with other stories, with pieces on the American home, a sale at a local outfitters, and some news on the Supreme Court. But displayed on the left-hand side is a page which has a headline that is difficult to resist. It says, Man's Life Saved by Wife's Ghost. Here's the story. 
The newspaper said that it happened in the dark early hours of the morning of January 1908. A man called Charles Henry Durand was a farmer from New Jersey, and he was riding his wagon home from Patterson when his horse suddenly began to act strangely. It stopped dead in its tracks and began to tremble with fear. Henry tried to get the horse to move on, but it refused to budge. It was then that Henry noticed a shift in the air. The atmosphere felt oppressive and odd, and the space around him began to flash like lightning. But as he watched it, he gradually started to see a white figure emerge. I love how the newspaper article puts it. It says that when this figure appeared, quote, Durand himself commenced to quake. In other words, he was trembling in fright as much as the horse was. Henry tried to get out of his wagon, but he seemed paralyzed with either fear or some unknown force. But then the figure suddenly started to speak. There is danger at home. Stay away till morning. When he heard that voice, he was awestruck because it was the voice of his wife, his dead wife. Henry says he felt a distinct chill of cold when he heard that voice, but then suddenly this apparition vanished. It took him a while to gather his nerve again, but while he tried to move on, the horse refused to move. Now, Henry was certainly shaken and scared by the appearance of this apparent ghost, but he didn't want to put too much faith in his warning. But since the horse was refusing to move, he was forced to delay his journey. That horse would not budge for another two hours. Just stood there, trembling in fright. Finally, after taking the harness off the horse and giving the animal a little bit of breathing space, the horse began to recover and then slowly started to move again. And it pulled the wagon and Henry back to his home, but with a two-hour delay. The journey had taken him so long that it was daylight when he reached the isolated farmhouse. He put the horse into the stable and went to head inside the home. But just as he did, he noticed something from the corner of his eye. The ground floor window, which he knew he had closed, was off the latch. The warning from that spectral figure in the road put him on high alert, and so he carefully walked up to the front door. And it was there that he saw muddy footprints on the porch, and they were not his. What was going on. He took a breath and opened the door. He looked around downstairs. All seemed well, but next he headed upstairs to go to his bedroom. And he was about to go inside when he noticed the strangest sight. There was a piece of string stretched across the bottom of the open doorway from one side of the frame to the other. It was running low across the floor, and maybe he would have missed it, but he was hyper-aware of the potential danger after the footprints and the window, but in particular, the warning. He realized that this string was set up as a tripwire, ready for him when he idly walked into the bedroom in the darkness of night. But because of the delay, it was morning, he could see it clearly. 
And so, with care, he looked around for something with a hook and found an umbrella. And he hooked that umbrella, the hand of it, over the string, and he gave it a little tug to see what might happen. And he looked over to see the opposite side of the hallway. He saw a smoking hole in the wall. Henry leapt to his feet and rushed into the room, and what did he find? A pistol that had been carefully attached to his bureau, the trigger of which was connected by the string that ran across the door, and he stared back in amazement at the doorway and the string, knowing for certain that if he had come back home in the dark, his foot would have clipped that string, and the bullet would have buried into his chest. When reporters from the Watertown reunion asked Henry Duran if he had any idea who could have done that, he said he did, but he refused to tell the paper who he believed the suspect was. But he did add that he fully believed that the person had clearly been waiting in the house for him all night, but for some reason had had to go, and so had set up this elaborate method of murder instead. A method that, quote, would have killed him, but for the warning from his dead wife's spirit. Well, join me next time for the second and concluding part of this two-part episode where we will be moving into two final cases which are disturbing and creepy indeed involving home invasion, burglars, murderers, and sex killers. That'll be in the next episode of Frightful as we discover how victims of these people were somehow saved by a ghost. If you'd like some ad-free episodes of Frightful and my other show, Our Curious Past, or need to get access to a whole bunch more extra exclusive content, including Zoom socials with uh, me and chatting about all sorts of things and a whole bunch more, then you can check out patreon.com forward slash Peter Laws. That's patreon.com forward slash Peter Laws. And if you want to check out my books, you can find them on Amazon and some stores stock them as well. And just check out peterlaws.co.uk. That's the sort of epicenter of my universe where you'll find out all the different things I'm involved with. And I hope if you come into any dangerous experiences this week, a ghost might be on hand to help. I'm Peter Laws, and you've been listening to Frightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.